0: Yes, we started with the Jackson 5, and today it's the grand old podcast five zero. Yes, John McGinley, we've made it to the half century, and we're all still talking. Yeah, we're all still
1: talking, just about. Seems to be, uh, every podcast seems to be a little bit of uh, plasters papering over the cracks a little bit, but we're getting there, we're getting there.
0: <laughs> we are, well, two of us are. <laughs> yeah, two of us <laughs> there's are. No, there's no John, uh, no John McGinley, no Paul Fisher today. Yeah. Um, now, I do have an update on the Paul Fisher situation Ooh. I have just received a Snapchat Which I know is a platform you are not on
1: Is it all a kebab, by any chance?
0: <laughs> it's, it's not But it was uh, a Snapchat of him Literally five minutes before we started recording So approximately Seven o'clock in the evening mm-hmm. um, With the words, I'm struggling <sighs> What a shambles I believe he's at a party. He's not seen the game today, so Paul Fisher will not be making an appearance on number fifty. He's not
1: fit to be on the podcast. That's what I say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he's going to. What you're saying is he's going to turn up and score a goal halfway through this podcast. Yeah, he's not
1: fit. He's not fit to wear the podcast jersey. That's my official stance <laughs> on Paul Fisher.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Um, so we're back. I missed last time. I missed number mm-hmm. forty nine, but I'm back for the mm-hmm. big show. Just a wee bit like. Well, not like Derrick Boyata. Who would I be like? Who's a player who only turns up in the big games? Dembele?
1: Dembele, yeah. Maybe like Dembele. Yeah. But even then...
0: He's um, one of the many, many guys we'll be chatting about during this podcast. We have got back to winning ways. Our first win in probably five or six matches today against Hamilton. 1-0 it finished. It wasn't pretty. I think we both saw the match. What we're going to do over this, which should in all probability be a relatively short podcast, 40 minutes or so, <laughs> we're going to look back at that game. We're going to talk a bit about Boyata and the Green Brigade and the bit of a rift that I've noticed that's, that's developing between the Celtic support with Boyata Gate. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about the transfer window, which slams shut in what now, five days?
1: Five days, yeah. Five days.
0: In four days, we're going to play a team from Lithuania that we drew with last week in the second leg uh, with a chance to get into the Europa League group stage. And then we're also going to... Throw open the floor, or we already have thrown open the floor for some listener questions and thoughts, which we'll get around to as well, um, just to help us out, seeing as it's only a two-man show today. Uh, so today, obviously, we beat, um, or will we start with Thursday? Will we We have a wee quick chat about Thursday, John. One each at finished in Lithuania.
1: It's actually, it's funny, because you could probably lump the two games together, because I thought the pattern of both games was actually pretty similar but there was a relapse since today against Hamelin of the shocking defending that we've seen um, against Suduva midweek. So we kind of dominated possession, created loads of chances, were kind of wasteful in the final third, and it was just one of those kind of nervous occasions where it looked like we could concede if the, the opposition really tried to have a go at us, but at the same time looked relatively comfortable passing the ball and we had no real urgency about our game either. So um, there were actually two quite similar games on on Thursday night I think the the just the big outcome of it again was just the the lack of defensive organisation in the Celtic team and how frustrating it is on a European night.
0: Yeah, I, d- I didn't really think FK Sadova were up to a hell of a lot probably. No. Um, have them just about where I thought they would be before the tie in terms of slightly better than kit, but not as good as Rosenberg. Probably nowhere near as good as Rosenberg. Uh, and obviously getting that early goal. Great play from Michael Johnson. Whips it in. Great header from Encham. you're thinking, right, good. This team's starting to get back into it. We can win maybe 2 3 nil Nothing crazy. Not a 5 0 But uh, they could see us through. Or at the very least, we can get another away goal and, and basically kill off the tie. What happened was three or whatever it was, eight minutes later, uh, we concede this absolutely abysmal ball. I think Gamboa was to blame. There was probably another couple as well. Craig Gordon didn't cover himself in I glory. I think Craig Gordon, yeah. Yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was a really bad bad goal to lose. it. And from there, we had chances. Forest had a few opportunities. But as you say, I think the longer the game went on, the more we just struggled. We huffed and puffed, but we didn't really create a hell of a lot. And I am... Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 uh, finished watching the match in a bit of a mood actually I was kind of like oh god what's going on here this is just I mean I could take (laughs) a couple of bad performances and I got the AAT Athens tie and the fact that they're actually a decent team Uh, and I disagree with a few fans that think we should automatically be beating teams like Athens because I think they're a decent team but when we went to play a team from Lithuania and I get they're the champions but I left thinking God this is just a wee bit dull And I'm a wee bit more worried now um, Certainly was messaging you saying I'm a wee bit more worried now Than I was before the match Yeah
1: There was just no heart in the performance Which I think was the most concerning thing Especially given our styles Like a platform in the game Like a goal early on Like we didn't have the usual calamity Where we conceded The, the first goal in the game And then we were looking a bit panicky Against the team who were kind of like on the front foot in front of their own supporters, they didn't really have many home supporters to no, to really get. I did behind notice
0: them. the Lithuanian army showed up in that main stand.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe that helped, but it it was just it was de- it was definitely a case of one of those nights where the biggest enemy of Celtic was Celtic themselves. And I think that that's that been the case for a lot of games over the last, well, this calendar year, I would say, anyway, where it's these games against Sudova or even Hamilton today where Hamilton are never going to beat us through their own sheer will and determination. They're never going to beat us with their own quality. It's always going to either be a mistake on our part and then a failure on our part to assert ourselves in the game yeah. and, and luckily today we've managed to find that slim edge of a breakthrough and it's there's no panic here with regards to today's performance or, or even Thursday it's just it's something we've seen from the Celtic team a lot so it's just following a pattern that's been there for the last 12 months or so and it's it was one of those games today where if we didn't have Dedrick Boyata then we wouldn't have won the game it would have been a nil-nil and everyone would be everyone there would be an outpour of of grief again for, yeah. for Brendan Rodgers.
0: Yeah. Going slightly off topic, Um, I'll just ask you a question. I'll give my thoughts afterwards. Uh-huh. Do you think that winning the treble last season has masked, masked, sorry, I forgot my K there, um, a lot of the, the kind of feeling towards the club and the fact that last season, for long spells, probably... 60-70% of the season we saw what we're seeing today for the last few games. Do you feel that like that treble and the fact that we won all three domestic trophies perhaps masked that a little bit?
1: I don't think it masks that. I think what it says is that to this point, to this point at least, Brendan Rodgers' teams have always turned on when they've had to in a fairly big match or in a match where there's a lot on the line. And obviously... The AEK Athens tie is the only time that we've not managed to do that in Brendan Rogers' two years in charge. And I don't think you could say anything different from that. Yeah. Um and so I think that it's not that the treble's masked that, it's just that at a surface level, everything's amazing at Celtic and and a lot of people are right, winning the treble's not easy. Like we didn't win the Treble by, by default last season. Brendan Rogers and, and his team achieved that and it was a great achievement, especially to do it in a second successive season. And we do have that passion and we can play with with a lot of oomph in these big matches at hand then and against Rangers and you know when the the pressure's kind of on. But a lot of if he kind of scratched the surface a little bit, a lot of fans who watch every single game will tell you that days like today is just par for the course with Celtic recently. Mm. And I think that's what people are trying to people want Celtic to be a level above that. Brendan Rodgers wants Celtic to be a level above that. He's admitted that. And so there's like these two kind of clashing personalities in the Celtic support right now. Where if you want Celtic to be beating teams like Hamilton easier or put, giving us a better standard performance, you're seen as a negative person. And if there's a, another element that the people who feel like they're be negative, if they they're pointing at the people who are saying, "Oh, we've won the treble two seasons a row," they think they're just burying their head in the sand. And there's probably about a bit of element of truth in both, but. I, I feel like everyone's lost perspective of what it's been like at Celtic over the last year or so. And it's really not been that dissimilar to what's happened over the last six weeks.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with, I'd agree with most of that. Um, I, I think that, yeah, for, for long long spells of last season, it was turgid, the amount of games we came away from, the amount of drop points last season. And I think for me, the, the most of frustrating part of it, Is that there was such a positivity about the club not just when we won the scottish cup in may but at the start of the season when you think back to the alishkirt tie and how well we dealt with that and i'd go as far as saying we looked as fit as we did and as alert and as ready and as settled as we Mm -hmm. have in any of the three seasons in the early stage you think back to the first leg against rosenberg we had the early blow and we came back and after that game i left thinking god this team is right up for it this season and for whatever reason from that point we've we've gone backwards my own feeling on it is that Mm -hmm. the whole negativity at the club was very avoidable um I think that that we won't go on about it because we've done it before but I think missing out on John McGinn set a tone at the club prior to the AK Athens tie I think of course not having a settled defence in place uh, and conceding those daft goals set another tone at the club and then I think it's filtered it's fair to say it's filtered into the um, the attackers as well. I think you, you look at the matches, I don't have them in front of me, but I think maybe Thistle was the only match really in the last seven or eight that we've scored more than two, more than one. they have they've mainly been like one goal we've scored in these matches. So I think the attackers are suffering
1: yeah, as well. Yeah, it would and Rosenberg pretty handily, but you're right. I think, but you're right about that. I think the failure to strengthen has been a big thing. And I think, I think for a lot of people, they were willing to accept that the club were working behind the scenes on these deals until Brendan Rodgers came out in the press and basically said that he feels the squad isn't as strong as this time last year and he's unhappy about it. And I think that, and I think you can say that's a mistake with Rodgers, or you can say that's Rodgers trying to communicate with the support and leverage his own kind of influence on proceedings. And I think I would edge towards the latter. I don't think that was a misstep from Brendan Rodgers. I think it was actually something that you may have needed to do. So, but I, th- I there's no doubt that what he said in those press conferences added to the general sense of what the hell's going on here. Yeah.
0: Right, onto the game that, that's happened earlier today then against ah. Hamilton. Starting off with the lineup, it was Gordon, Lustig, Boyata, Ayer, Forrest, Brown, McGregor, Tierney, Rogic, Dembele and Griffiths. Uh, the big name jumping out of you is, of course, um, Boyata. What were your thoughts originally? when you heard Boyata's name or you saw his name in the team sheet and you thought, God, this guy's going to be playing for us again?
1: I thought it's, it seems to be a bit of a shambles. At the same time, there's injuries to Hendry and Simunovic that kind of force his selection if he's willing to play. And three days ago, he wasn't willing to play for Celtic. Brendan Rogers said that he declared himself unfit again. And so today he was wanting to play for Celtic. So in a, in a way, it would probably would be silly not to utilize him in in defense because I thought he was easily our best player today. Yeah. Easily our man of the match. Easily cruised through the game like he'd been playing for Celtic for ages with no issue. And so I think at the end of the day not not as a cliche but at the end of the footballing day Brendan Rodgers went from me being kind of angry at um, selecting Dedrick Boyata to Brendan Rodgers being completely vindicated uh, in his selection. You you um, can't deny he wasn't
0: vindicated because the guy scored the winner and he's a centre-half and we kept a clean Uh sheet. So there's no doubting that, that Boyata was the right decision. I just felt... And maybe I'm old-fashioned in my beliefs, but I just feel that it's it's pandering to the player so much, and it's given him what he wanted after an hour hour of need or three hours of need against A. K. Athens. He wasn't available when the manager says he was fit. So in my opinion, I believe the manager over the player, and then he's back in. Um, the reaction from the Celtic support, massive divide. That I alluded to earlier. I yeah. it's in social media to the, <laughs> the simply posted the photo of the Green Brigade which um, we come on to in a second, but the reaction is A lot of people angry about the Green Brigade. Yeah, massively split, though. I, I, I honestly think for every single tweet I saw berating the Green Brigade, there was one going good on them as well. So there's a massive divide at the moment. Um, where do you come down on it? It doesn't need to be this
1: black or white issue. I are, this is an, another situation where people are losing their minds and picking like a polarised opinion and sticking to it and refusing to admit... They're wrong or refusing to even come away from what their position was a week ago. Anyone who's listened to the podcast over the last couple of weeks will know I've been raging at Dedrick Boyata. Not particularly happy to see him in a Celtic shirt. At the same time, you can see where Roger's coming from. The Green Brigade are perfectly, perfectly entitled to air their opinion. If someone wants to bring a banner to the game that says, Boyata can shit in my mouth and I'm going to blame the mainstream media <clears throat> when he does... And I loved Edric Boyata till the end of all my days. Then they're perfectly entitled to do that too. And so there's people attacking the Green Brigade for not supporting the player like this. Suggestion that Boyata's one of our own is just so ludicrous because he scored a goal against Alan. The whole thing is quite funny to me because people have just got them swept up into a frenzy about it, where the the, the most logical outcome of all is that he's going to appear for a couple of matches and he's going to piss off to another club before the end of the transfer window and we don't need to get ourselves in a state about it. Yeah,
0: without going into the whole debate and the game brigade you know that there are people there lining up for any chance to slate the Green (laughs) Brigade and and the minute anything happens and all the old stuff we Uh brought up and all that they're not proper (laughs) Celtic supporters for whatever reason so you know that's there (laughs) as well so as long as everyone's aware that there is an element or there are an element of people out there that feel that way fair enough I agree with you completely everyone have their own opinions we don't need to fall out about it there's bigger issues at Celtic at the moment A.K.A. actually signing a centre-half, either to play with Boyata or to replace <laughs> Boyata. Um, if we go into the, the actual match, yeah. they've already touched on Boyata. My own thoughts, I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, just, he is our best centre-back at the club, but no matter what you say, no matter the way he's acted, he is our best centre-back. He was quick today, he was strong, he looked really assured, but it's not... Games at home at Hamilton, whatever the issue with Boyata, it's the big pressure matches when he just throws in a daft mistake, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's that's obviously still the worry. So my my hope would still be that we find a club that wants to take Boyata, and the rumours are that there's a few out there that would. I think Olympiacos have been mentioned, Sevilla, other clubs, uh, and if we get rid of him and we were to get two other defenders in, because I I really. I think I, I Ayer's probably the best <laughs> of the rest after that And I still don't really rate Ayer I know, I, know. Um, I think Just for that first chance for Hamilton today 30 seconds in He was absolutely terrible Sold himself um, Elsewhere Who would we touch Or who were our better performances on the day-to-day Well
1: you we spoke at half time And you seem to think Forrest was having A pretty good game Or at least looked the More likely I, at that yeah. point did, did you feel like He had a decent I, I Afternoon I think he's, or?
0: he's been One of our best players This season I think James yeah. Forrest When you look at the difference It's very easy With James Forrest And a winger When the demands Are so big at Celtic To look at the difference Game to game And go oh, He's good here Bad here Good here I think if you look At the difference From 18 months ago Even when Brendan Rodgers First came in I think James Forrest Is so much mm-hmm. More of a better player So much of a bigger Player for Celtic I think he finally, it's maybe taken him seven, eight years, but he finally believes he's a, he's a star Celtic man and he's a <laughs> yeah. Celtic starter. He's got insurance in the first team now and he, he knows that he's a man who can make a difference. He's a big game player now. Um, I don't think he's been absolutely amazing this season. I don't think he's quite hit his heights of last the second half of last season, even the, the last quarter of last season. But I think he just looks really good. He looks really quick. I think his link-up plays great. Um, sorry, that first chance in the, the first half, when Rogic uh, slides it back in, time was just typical work between those two, and I think for for major parts of the first half, they looked the most likely for us. Um, I would pick out Tierney as well. Would you?
1: Yeah, yeah, Tierney was good on the, well, decent on the left flank. I think everyone was kind of a lot of players who were pretty decent today without hitting the their the top of their game, but obviously Tierney was was fairly crucial on the left hand side, working hard, and he's always going to. He seems to at least he seems to be one of the ones that are at least try and. They're like busting a gut and trying their hardest to kind of get us out of this little rut that we found ourselves in. So that was heartening to to see as well. Um, Some of the other players, there was a couple that kind of got on my nerves a bit. Thought Rogic was was poor again. I think his start to the season, I've been kind of really disappointed by him in these early games. He just doesn't look at, at it. He doesn't look... Like he's wanting to influence the game in the way that we everyone knows he can. Just looks... actually, I'm
0: I'm a little bit I'm, um am a little bit disappointed as you said in the performance, but and I'm sure I speak for you as well. I'm not worried at all because I know that mm-hmm. there'll be a big match when he'll turn it on and then I think we'll see the best of him. Um, but I agree, just he just he just looks a bit I think it's an easy thing the way he plays when he hasn't quite scored the goals or setting up the goals. He does automatically look a bit mm-hmm. lazy. He looks a bit lethargic, and he just he just doesn't quite do yeah. it. He's not finding the passes, and his the passes he are he is finding are slack or they're mistimed or they're they're not at the right angle or whatever. He's just not quite doing it. But I think the more football he plays, you've got to remember Tom Rogic played the World Cup in the summer. That's one thing you do have to remember, and maybe take a wee bit of time to to get back into it.
1: I mean, and I, I would be happy for him to maybe drop out the team and if he does need that little bit of time, maybe he should drop out the team for two or three matches and just, you know, focus on him, making sure he's right and he's in the, the best place physically and mentally to come back in and really make an impact on the team and look like he's hungry to do so because I think he's just lacking that edge for me just now. And it is disappointing because I love Rogic, I love him so much and I just want him to be that player for us. Yeah.
0: You've got written down in the sheet who's looking dodgy, so you've asked the question, so I will answer it um, by saying that I think Lee Griffiths isn't quite up to it at the moment, he's certainly struggling a little okay. bit, and I think Mr Dembele's the same, yeah. I think he's doing bits really well, but his, his final product, I have no idea how he got man of the match today.
1: Yeah, I think maybe they were scared to give it to Beata, yeah, yeah. <laughs> given the reaction. Which there wasn't really a crazy reaction to Beata. The, the I think the thing about it was that most people in the stadium didn't seem to care about Beata. There was a small pocket who were booing him. There was a small pocket who it were cheering him. Cringy, wasn't and the it? rest of yeah, it was just kind of like yeah, it was a little bit. I, pro- I if it was me, I would, I would have been one of the people who probably wouldn't have done either. Yeah. But the. There was people there giving all sorts of ranges of opinion and it was just kind of all a bit of a mess. So I think they were maybe scared to give Bayat the man of the match because I think he was, e- he was easily the man of the match. There's no doubt about it. Without even his goal, he just looked so comfortable in the game. But I-, I agree with Griffiths and Dembele. I think Dembele, especially on Thursday night, was so disappointed by Dembele. And again, today, he just kind of looks... He looks like he doesn't have... He looks like he's not enjoying playing with the players that he is playing with. I think if you were you seen Dembele and Edward up there instead of Griffiths, I think that might make a major difference, and I'm hoping that will make a major difference. By all accounts, Edward might be fit for the Derby next week. I think he's going to be out of the match on Thursday. But I'd really hope to see Eduard and Dombele back in that team. Because, like you said at the start of the podcast, I think we looked our most impressive in those early bits of the season and that kind of pre-season yeah. where those two were playing together and we just looked electric. So, yeah,
0: I think those two with Encham behind them against Rangers and you're saying, oh, good luck, good luck, Steve and Gerrard, basically. I think those those three, I know they've got that old French connection and all of that stuff, but and <laughs> it's much talked about, but you, you, do see, you see them, they're in the same wavelength that they're for me, there are three best players. Those those three, um, in terms of the raw quality, obviously Tierney and guys like that, but you know, absolute raw quality. Um, yeah, just those belly. three, I think, would be absolutely frightening against Rangers. And I agree. I, I think we actually miss Edward quite a lot. I think Dembele, uh, for me, is a is a better all round player at the moment. But I think what you do have with Edward is more of a a willingness to want to impress at the moment. I think that's really important. And I don't know what's quite going on with Dembele. I don't know if he he feels that. He's had a bit of a lull at Celtic, and maybe it's the right time to move on. But there's not really been much chat about interest from elsewhere for Dunbelly. So it's not as if I don't think he's going to leave before Friday.
1: I can't see him leaving, and I actually think he'll probably end up signing a new contract in the autumn. I just got a feeling. Doesn't seem to be any talk of him leaving. He doesn't seem interested in leaving. We don't. I don't think we need to sell him. So I could definitely see him either staying and then going next early next summer or. Signing a new contract and then still leaving next summer—I don't know how it's going to play out, but I can't see him leaving before Thursday. People might laugh at this on on Friday, but I can't see him leaving before because I, I we're also playing on Thursday night, so you you would get the sense that if anything was going to happen, it would ha- happen early on this yeah. week. Um, and it's not—I don't know—I just I can't see it.
0: Yeah, right. My final thoughts on, on the game today because uh, I, I don't think there's a hell of a lot to talk about. Is that I'm 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 just pretty. Pleased that we got the victory Because can you imagine that If we if we hadn't got that goal I mean the, the daggers yeah. would have been out for Brendan Rodgers At, at 0-0 if it had finished 0-0 And we dropped more points I don't think it's three points that we'll look back on at the end of the season And go wow those are the three points That won as the league or we'll probably actually not remember Who scored the winner or when the game was played Or anything like that but I think it is, as I said on the Twitter, you get three points for a win in football. I know it's a massive cliche, but you can only get three points for a win. And if we were to beat Rangers 5-0 next week, we'd still only get three points. So I think it was a really important victory. Uh as I say, it's one of those that that won't stand out, but it was a very important three points, and I, I'm really proud of the team. I know that it's a it's a game. It's Hamilton at home. It's arguably the easiest game in the league, in the season. Um, but I'm really proud that they managed to get that goal and get the victory, and we're up
1: to second. We're up to second, and it's ahead of a big weekend. You're totally right. It was just it was a important but forgettable win. Unless we win the league by two points, and <laughs> David Boyata goes down as a Celtic legend.
0: Yes, very true. Uh, do you want to talk any more about Derjik Boyata because you seem to want to mention him quite a lot no that was it <laughs> that was it I just I had to get that I was just looking at the
1: reaction to that banner and everything today and everyone's going mental about it and I actually don't care that much about it so maybe we shouldn't move on yeah
0: right Yeah, we'll talk transfer window because we've alluded to it already. It shuts on Friday evening. I've been doing the countdown on the Twitter. We're down to five days. Still seems to be not much movement in terms (laughs) of bringing players in. Uh, But I believe you have a certain list. And now, is this a list of players, uh, if I get this right, transfers that we've had in in the last week of the summer window since 2010
1: yeah that's right so Giso. I've got a list here just to have a wee look at what we've done in years past it doesn't say anything about what we're going to do it's not, I'm not making a judgement on the last week of the window it's just to give an idea of what kind of deals we've done in the past in the last week of the summer transfer window to give people a little bit of perspective and maybe think about what we could can expect over the next five days and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll think about it and come to make some sort of prediction at the end of it so do you want me to just go ahead with the list now, yeah?
0: Yeah, I'm just wanting to hear a yeah. certain Swedish third-choice keeper's name.
1: <laughs> okay. So in 2010-11, we signed Fraser Forster on loan and we signed Anthony Stokes on a permanent basis, which is pretty good, pretty decent. Double yes. double signing there. Both added a lot to Celtic over the years. Um, the next year, 2011, summer 2011, looking to invest in the team, we brought in uh, Badir El-Kaduri on loan. And we brought brought in a certain Mo Bangura in on a permanent basis. Now that was a bit that was a bit of a problem. Those two those two seemed like uh, your typical end of window uh, panic buys.
0: Kaduri was rushing to the the supermarket after finding out Azagiri <laughs> was out for the rest of the season, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, the next year, two thousand twelve thirteen was Lasad on a free transfer. Uh, Lubos Kameneer on loan. I think that's the guy I was talking about. Yep, he was third choice to Zaluska and Forster. We got Miku on loan as well, <laughs> and we signed uh, Paul Fisher's favourite ever Celtic player, FA oh. Ambrose, on a permanent basis. So that's four signings that were addressing kind of critical areas in the team. Next next season, 2013 14, got Timu Puki on a permanent basis up front. Trying to you could there's a kind of there's a pattern here of trying to sign a lot of strikers in the last week of, of the transfer window over these the past four years I've mentioned that I think the signing a striker used to be uh, what we're looking for in terms of signing a, a defender right now. Uh, we signed Timo Pukki in 2013. We also signed Neil Bouton in the last week of the window in 2013. Right. Fast forward a year, we had Mubarak Wakaso on loan, John Guidetti on loan, and Stefan Skepovic uh-huh. on a permanent basis. More more attacking signings. We just weren't happy with our attack. Prior to missing Dumbelli and Lee Griffiths, you'll could, you, you'll remember that people were crying for a bit of quality in, in the final third. And I'm just yeah. so glad that we've got that now. I'm so yeah, glad well, that we've got I'm that sure now. sure you'll,
0: you'll come on to the, the likes of Colin Kazim Richards and people like that. But there was, I think, remember that season when Griffiths basically ran the whole show himself and there was no one else to back him up.
1: Yeah. And fast forward a year, another year, 2015, Last week of the transfer window that year, we got Ozo Suminovic on a permanent basis. Good, solid signing from Croatia. If we got something similar this week, we'd probably all be pretty happy, um, yeah. at least in terms of potential or, or thinking that we're kind of addressing the position. We also signed Ryan Christie permanently, but immediately sent him back out on loan. And we signed Tyler Black on loan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where is he now?
1: He's currently playing for Reading still. He's played about 50 games in two years. So, fair enough. He's doing all right in the yeah. Championship. They're a decent championship team. Didn't do anything for us. And if we have another youth loan signing to try and solve defensive problems this week, then I'm going to riot. <laughs> 2016, our only signing in the last week of the transfer window was Christian Gamboa on a permanent basis. 2017, our only signings were Patrick Roberts on loan and Odson Edward on a loan-to-buy basis. So... Not much there. Yeah, Hmm. I think if... uh, And this brings us on to this week. How are you feeling about the last week of the window? What are your thoughts? What do you think we're going to do?
0: I'm uh, I'm a bit terrified, to be honest with you, John. I I don't know if we're really going to do a hell of a lot. Um, I think if you looked at the team, what we need right now, uh, Mm -hmm. for me, is two centre-backs and probably... A right back as well if, if you're pushing it I don't think We'll mm-hmm. bother with a right back I think that the area We really need Is, is two centre backs I've obviously heard Loads of different names Mentioned the Scott McKenna Was the big one It doesn't seem Certainly like we're going To go back from him Judging in Brendan Rogers' Comments That seems like a, a a closed door With that one Um, You've also got Jeffrey Bruma Who's been mentioned a lot Out in Wolfsburg yeah. That one seems to have Gone a little bit quiet Although there did seem To be a bit of uh, Credence to where It was coming from In the early days It was coming from Build. And uh, Germany is obviously one of the yeah, major they, they papers. they're not
1: against. They're not against talking at our shy though. I don't think.
0: Right. I suppose most papers are like that, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're respectable enough, but I don't think they're beyond um, reporting the odd rumour to to kind right. of bolster their online views. Let's say.
0: Yeah. So so I mean, my worry is that I'm not hearing many other names, and it doesn't seem. I know the way Celtic do things in the past is that you basically hear a name twenty four hours later he's signed, it probably comes out in the, the uh the, what do you call it the Daily Express or whatever and then it's it's out in the Celtic Park the following day. So I do understand that and I get that we might not hear anything, but I've just got this big flashing sign that's coming down five days, four days, three days, and I'm not seeing a hell of a lot. And if we don't sign a centre back, never <laughs> mind two one centre back by the, the close of the market, and say we were to lose Boyata, I just think we're in an absolute state. Um, Jack Henry is not good enough for Celtic. That's that's a proven a proven fact as far as I'm concerned. So far, <laughs> he may be good enough one day, but right now he's not. Simunovic at the moment is not good enough. His head's just gone. I don't know if it's come from playing with an experience not having a settled partner, maybe if you put him next to Boyata, miracles would happen, I don't know, uh, and Christopher Iyer for me is, is the best of a, a bad lot in terms of those three, even he's not looking looking a great deal, as I said earlier, Marvin Comper isn't going to feature for us, that much is clear, elsewhere there's nothing else really other than near Beaton who can't even play in midfield that could fit in there, so I'm very worried, we need to sign someone if, if we want to, to save our season at think Maybe save our scenes a bit strong, but if we want to have a good season, I think we need to sign someone because i would I would seriously fear um for us as- Never mind Europe, I'd fear for us in the league in the big matches away to Hibs and away to Hearts, We saw already what happened at Tynecastle if we don't sign a solid centre-back. And I want them to throw a bit of money at it. I don't want it to be, as you said earlier, a loan signing of a young guy from down south. I think that was fine a couple of years ago. Well, it wasn't fine, but I think that would have been more accepted a couple of years ago when we were under Ronnie Dyler. I think we're in a new era now under Brendan Rodgers and we need to sign a proven centre-back. I think someone similar... Uh, to Jeffrey Brumer As someone who would get the fans excited. A proven centre back who's maybe in his mid twenties. has done a bit, um, for whatever reason, has gone slightly off the track, but still has real quality. Um, and all this chat about needing tens of millions, twelve million, always seems to be the <laughs> price that's quoted to sign a quality <laughs> centre back. You only have to look across the city, and I know we don't really like doing that in this podcast. But um, Rangers for me have signed a couple of, of pretty good centre halves, Goldson and Katic. And if we were to sign someone of that quality to to steady things and, and shore things up at the back there, I, I'd be pretty pleased. Um, surely, surely we can't not sign one. That would be unfathomable. Surely. Well,
1: it would be, and I think I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get a centre back. I think we're going to get a right back. No, sorry. I think what we need is a centre-back, a right-back and I think we actually need a centre-midfielder too I think what we're going to get is we're going to get a centre-back and we're going to get a central midfielder and what the quality of those players is then who who knows I'm pretty confident, the one thing I'm confident of is that we're probably at least four or five names down our list of who we wanted to sign at the start of the summer we're probably towards the bottom of those lists Yeah. so they're not our prime targets but I think we must be able to get a defender, and I think we just have no depth beyond Brown and Cham. So I think we really need someone who can sit in those deeper midfield positions too. So
0: will they be from
1: Scotland, John? Will they be from elsewhere? I don't know but that's the thing and you look at someone who we were linked with who Rodgers admitted that we went for was Scott McKenna of Aberdeen now you would look at Scott McKenna and think he's not a Brendan Rodgers type player at all but the fact that we went for him maybe gives me a little bit of hope that we're going to sign a centre-back that may be able to sort things out in defence yeah. not and not in the ability of Scott McKenna I actually haven't seen enough of him to determine whether he would be a great signing for Celtic but what I have seen of him I know that he's physical and aggressive and I know that that's exactly what this defence needs. So maybe Rodgers has identified that he's not going to get the silky ball-playing defender that um, he wants in his ideal world. Maybe we do just need someone who's going to come in and attack the ball and take the man with the ball. Um, and I think that's probably what we need in the last few days of the window. So that gave me a little bit of hope. I think um, there's not... Who, who Who's left in Scotland, though? Who's left in those areas that you would think can can do something at Celtic? That's the thing.
0: Yeah, I think other than... than... Scott McKenna and and probably a couple of the two I mentioned at Rangers, which we obviously wouldn't go for. Off the top of my head, I, I can't think of hell of hell of a lot. Um, I saw John Souter yesterday. Um, I think in a couple of years, I think he'll be a Scotland international. But you could argue he's only marginally better than Hendry at the moment. I think I think that's the worry is that we just we sign another Hendry or a player that's just marginally better than Hendry. And that was the argument I, I have in the, with regards to Scott McKenna. I've seen a bit of him, and you're right, John. He's a guy who likes to defend he he won't he won't be scared to kick a player up and down the park as we saw Mm -hmm. with Morelos Um, but but more (laughs) in general just the way he defends he loves to defend but he's not a player that can play at a level we want to yet we need quality and I think we need to look out with Scotland I think we need to look out with England as well because I just think it's such an inflated market unless you're looking at the loans there and the way they're set at the moment you don't really get English players because they've all done the registration stuff now haven't they
1: yeah, there's that guy Cooper at Millwall who seems a decent player. I think Rangers were linked with him early in yeah. the summer. Um, I think someone, maybe someone like that would be good, but you'd think we probably would have went for him if he was available. The thing is, we don't have a knowledge of the markets in the same way Celtic do, so they'll be casting their net far and wide this week, I'm sure. But then the, the, the judgment's going to come. It's easy for us to sit and say we need this and this and this, but we don't know what Celtic are going to do, and hopefully they can pull out of the bag. We need them to pull out of the bag, and we need to be sitting here happy on September 1st, feeling good about the squad. Otherwise, it's going to be not bad times of season, but it's not going to be the times that we want this season, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, it's an absolutely massive week. I genuinely think it's a season-defining week coming up for us. Because I think if we were to, to beat Seduva, get a positive result, a.k.a. a win against Rangers on Sunday, and obviously maybe sign a centre-half, two centre-halves, or a right-back, or, or a midfielder to strengthen the squad... I think a week today we could be in really good spirits and we could be looking ahead top of the Absolutely league, Um in the Europa League group stage with a settled mm-hmm. team that's only going to get better and thinking, Wow, we've overcome a bit of a storm. All the chat was about how we're going to fail and, and we've overcome it a little bit. But I think on the flip side you could also have a really, really poisonous atmosphere at the club if the business isn't done. Say the unthinkable <laughs> what was to happen when we to go out to Europe on Thursday and then Rangers were to beat us on Sunday, you could have absolute turmoil at Celtic Park. Oh, oh. So I think it's an absolutely yeah. massive week. And I know quite often I'm, I'm one for really overemphasising things and saying, oh, this is massive. I genuinely think this is a massive, massive week coming up for Celtic off and on the pitch.
1: Well, let's just hope that we're, we're sitting here happy and congratulating the club on on getting over what was our test-in period. Because I think you're right, I think we could be sitting here. And I think maybe the likelihood is we're sitting here this time next week and feeling pretty good about things. Like, when has Brendan Rogers team ever ever not performed against Rangers to the extent where we've we've been soundly beaten? I don't think that's going to happen next week. I think the likelihood is we're going to beat this mob from Lithuian on Thursday. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a comfortable game, but I think we'll beat them and go through... And the likelihood is we'll at least bring in players who we don't know enough about to be annoyed about or pleased about. So Yeah, I suppose. this time next week we could be feeling just a lot calmer about things and yeah. hopefully we get a good draw on Friday in the Europa League group stage as well and we don't get a Chelsea-Fenerbahce goddamn situation. So we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yes, worth saying at this point we will be recording, I believe, on Friday. Yeah. Uh, when hopefully we'll be looking back on a Europa League victory and looking also maybe back at the Europa League group stage draw uh, and obviously ahead to, to the big game that will be two days from then at that point against Rangers. So we'll be back on Friday, be it good, be it bad, on Thursday night. We'll be back then. So we're going to leave all our, our preview chat for the Rangers match until then. How We will, however, as I say, turn attention to FK Sadova Now the second leg, uh, 1-1, of course, it is from the first leg... Uh, First of all, strange question um, What kind of crowd are we going to have at this game?
1: I think it'll be alright I think it'll be maybe... Just under forty thousand, and I think that's a good crowd for the Thursday night game, a qualifier. Yeah, I can't see it being in the twenties. It might be, it might be between thirty to forty. And to be honest, I think that's. I know we've got a capacity of sixty, but that's a good crowd for for the stage of the Europa League. There won't be many bigger crowds on Thursday, so yeah. I think a crowd between thirty to forty. The, the the people who are there will all want to be there, and will all be behind the team. And I think sometimes that's a benefit. I think sometimes when the crowd's a little bit emptier, I think there's less tension and less pressure. On the team because I don't think you've got people turning up who didn't want to be there in the first place, um, right. who feel like they're there out of duty. So I think uh, I think it'll it should be a good night on Thursday. That's that's the hope anyway. But I think that this feeling that we're going to go out there and and really hump them four or five now I think you maybe look at the game on Thursday and today's game and think, wait, hold on a minute, might be a difficult evening on Thursday, but we're going to we should be able to get through it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very winnable tie and I think as disappointing as Thursday was, you need to take a step back for a minute and look at the tie and only the tie and right now we're in a better position than we were at the start of the tie and the fact that we've got a draw away from home, we've got their away goal and they need to either score, well, they, they need to score for a start at Celtic Park, which I don't know that they're capable of. I think they're an alright team and obviously we've had a defensive problems. I think if we had Boyata in there, we're more likely to, to keep a clean sheet like we did today. So I, I think, I think we'll maybe do it two or three nil. I think it'll be relatively straightforward. Um, But I'm not. I'm not. I'm more worried for the tie than I'm looking forward to it, or worried for the match than I'm looking forward to it. I'm not overly excited about going to see Celtic and, and getting to see them go over the line into the group stage. I just think it's something that has to be done, almost like the game today where we had to win it. I think we need to tick it off. We need to get to Thursday. We need to tick that one off as well, get into the group stage and then worry about the big one on Sunday. Um, but I, I think we have more than enough to see them off. As I said earlier, I don't think they're a great team. I think if we had got them in the, the Champions League, you would be expecting us to to beat them pretty comfortably Uh, and I don't think the Europa League should change that fact, I think it's a a relatively big game in terms of the season because I think having the the distraction, if you want to call it that, of Europe could be quite a good thing for this bunch of players, it's a bit of extra motivation uh, and I I think we'll do the business.
1: I think we'll do the business too, I just think that you could easily see it panning out as a nervy occasion where we, we again, we're piling pressure on ourselves and and giving ourselves all sorts of headaches. We've seen that countless times. I've been to so many matches on a Thursday night where it's like Celtic are just looking like, oh my God, we can't beat a, a terrible team. Like it, We've seen it in qualifiers previously, I'm sure, but it was 0-0 against Sion once. I don't know if you were at that game. Oh,
0: but oh, just exactly, games like that, yeah. where
1: it's just it's just tense and nervous and we can't seem to quite get the ball in the back of the net. So I'm just saying it, it could be like that on Thursday, but you would have to back us to go through... And to be honest, I think we need to go through I know I know Rangers in Russia and they have a difficult task ahead of themselves, but we need to go go through without any extra time or any nonsense like that. We need to go through in the ninety minutes so we're as fresh as possible for next Sunday. I don't want us this to go to penalties or some nonsense. You
0: know, I agree, I think as, as stress free a night as possible Is what we're after yeah, hopefully. Uh, And I'm kind of a wee bit stuck for what else to say about it that, That's kind of all As I say I'm, I'm not greatly looking forward to it But I think it's simple as it's a box that needs to be ticked off
1: Yeah, I didn't rate them enough To pick out any players that might be a danger on Thursday I, I'm not worried enough About any of our own players form We just need to turn up on the night It's as simple as that, we need to turn up and play well And it sounds stupid to say it. it's that simple But if we do that then we're going through
0: Right, few po- uh, a few questions to round off the podcast. Martin Joyce asking one straight away, would you comprovi- compromise, sorry, Marvin, compromise your views on Celtic if you were allowed greater access to the club? So basically, are we sellouts? Nice question, Martin. <laughs>
1: uh, no, because we've, we've worked at the club before. We know, we've been at the club, we've, we know people at the club. We're not. We, we had know. our
0: views censored when we worked at the club. And now we're, we're willing to say all we want to say and shred all the secrets of what, what goes on under the scenes itself. Yeah, Park we, know, for a we, small know, fee. we know
1: exactly what goes on. Yeah, we, we can, know, we can well, maybe we
0: do a we... patron series, John, where we could just reveal <laughs> secrets of what happens behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: actually, it's funny because what goes on behind the scenes is actually a lot more mundane than people would think. But no, basically we, we've all worked at the club before and had access to bits of the club. So we're not, interested in doing that for any other reason than we do this for a hobby we do this between ourselves because to laugh so we do it because we want to talk about Celtic on a regular basis with each other and for you guys so it's not really about getting access or feeling like we've got the inside scoop of what's going on at Celtic.
0: Question in from Kira she's asking do you think we'll actually sign anyone or will we get the usual tried but couldn't get it over the line nonsense that they come out with? Uh, we've had a wee bit of a discussion about this over the last 10 minutes. Um, do you think we'll actually sign anyone, John?
1: Yeah, I do. I think we'll sign two players, yeah. Positions? Yeah. I think we'll sign a, a centre-back and a centre-midfielder. I'm, I'm confident we'll get two players in those positions, but like I said, what what quality they are, I'm not sure if we'll know when they sign, if we, if they're unknown or whether there will be any decent. I just hope that there's a bit of faith shown in them and we're not getting them in on a loan basis and it's going to be a case of having to wait three months to know whether we're going to see them in the team. I just want them to be first team sign-ins in each position, whether
0: they cost a hundred thousand pounds or eight million pounds. Right. Very good. Dom Oliver uh, asking us, I genuinely says, first of all, I genuinely don't think we will sign anybody of note before the window closes. If that happens, <laughs> what do you think about our prospects this year? Oh. Rangers' hearts both look stronger than last season. Should we be slightly worried? Uh, my own viewpoint and it on it, sorry, is that I would be slightly worried, certainly, if we didn't sign anyone, as I've already said. But it's more of our own doing rather than what Rangers or Hearts or or Hibs or Aberdeen are doing. I just think that, I think, as I say, Rangers and Hearts are the two teams to pick on. They're massively improved. I saw Hearts yesterday and I saw... I've seen Rangers a fair bit this season. Uh, they're both massively improved, I think, from last season. But I still think, and I've, everyone knows that we're the best team in the country, and if we do the business and we get the players functioning again like we know they can, even to 80% of who we know they can, we'll win the league, and we'll, we'll, in my opinion, we'll win the two Cups as well relatively comfortably. Um, but I I do think that that signing someone's paramount importance to that in terms of getting a centre back in because I think you've seen in the past when you you sort the defensive problems and you get settled back four with Gordon behind them everyone improves from that even the attackers get real belief from that as well that they've got something that can keep the door shut behind them and they, they can go on and express themselves more so I think when we get back into it uh, and we get performing again and we get over this blip, which hopefully a week today we're talking about already slightly been over it or certainly on the path to getting over it. Uh, I think we've still got a very promising season ahead.
1: Your answer there sounds like a lot like a guy I heard on Talk Sport during the week, Hamish Not sure <laughs> if you've been taking your answer from him or
0: did, yeah. did, was asked a similar point on Talk Sport. <laughs> yeah, I think so,
1: yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, I'm I'm agree I actually me and Paul talked about about this last week, so if you want to hear my views on whether I'm worried Maybe go back To last week's podcast The short answer is No not really Unless we fuck up Ourselves
0: Right Very good uh, One in from RM Our Celtic Getting everything they could From Callum McGregor All of his teammates On CTV Celtic television Name him As the most skillful player In the squad yeah. And one of the fit Fittest uh, I think Callum McGregor's been been pretty good. Um, I think maybe the last few weeks he's kind of he's not quite been at it, but I think you could say that. But every single player in the team, I think, he's uh, he's he's one of our best players. He's one of the first names in the team sheet when we're. Uh, he's one of the top top players. I'd want starting on Thursday and and next Sunday as well, and I think that says a lot. Uh, one thing I would say, and I noticed it a bit today, and I've noticed it in recent weeks, is that I think we lack a little bit when he's on the left hand side in terms of real pace of winger because he's not a winger who can take a yeah, man doesn't on yeah attack players and, like that yeah yeah. as poor as Sinclair's been I wonder if it's maybe worth giving him another wee shot on the left hand mm. side or Mikey Johnson but maybe he's not quite there yet but I look back at the first season when we were at our best under Brendan Rodgers and the real good part of the team what, what I'd think about when I was thinking back to that first season are the wingers of Roberts of Sinclair and of Forrest, I think it's that whole probing way when you get the ball out to a left winger and he's having a go and you've always if he needs to have a go at the winger on the outside he can do that, if he needs to come in he can play it back and we can recycle and go over to the other side and I just feel the team lacks a bit of the balance when Callum McGregor's on the left and the fact that he's not a direct winger, he's always wanting to come inside and it almost means that Kieran Tierney has to bomb on a bit further and perhaps be slightly out of out of position. So I, th-
1: I think what the yeah, I think what the yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think what the guys may be saying in, in the tweet there is that maybe we should be building the team around McGregor more. And maybe we should be in the sense of, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we're both pretty unhappy with the way Tom Roget's is playing at the moment. He's not playing to the best of his abilities. Maybe if we moved McGregor in a bit, and like you say, bring Sinclair in, that might give us the kind of spark that we're looking for.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. I think having... Callum McGregor in the central that could be quite good. Give give Tom Rogic a couple of a couple of games off or, or certainly. But the thing is, you, you want when you're looking at the game and the, the big one obviously on on Sunday, you're you're wanting Rogic in there, you're wanting Cham in there, Yeah, you're you don't want Brown Sinclair in, there, in that you're game. You want McGregor yeah. in there. You're wanting four of you want all for them. Yeah, you're right. You don't want Sinclair anywhere near because you know he could go into hiding, and you're wanting Forrest in there as well. That's five players already out. You're also wanting probably Dembele and Edward up top if possible. At seven, and you're then... Craig Gordon's one of them, so you've then only got three at the back, and one of them's obviously Tierney. So someone's going to miss out somewhere. So there's a real interesting tactical decision if everyone's going into that one. Um, but there's, there's still a lot of quality, but I just want to see the player really picking on now I want to see more from them I think as I say we've hopefully come through a bit of a sticky patch and I think getting the victory today might do them a lot of good because they weren't at their real best today but it should have still been more than 1-0 today Hamilton really didn't threaten as much and we did have a good no. few chances I think 2 or 3-0 would have been a more um, fair result in the match today um, But yeah I, I do agree with that In terms of getting Callum McGregor more involved That could be the way to go uh, I think that's a, a list of yep. questions There Not much today But I did only put it up About an hour ago So fair play to everyone Thanks again for all your questions And I think with that John uh, It's been a bit of a, a kind of Hectic podcast We've got through, through a few things there Yeah and uh, I think that kinda, that
1: does us for tonight. That wraps us up. It sets us up nicely for the week ahead. All eyes on Thursday. We're back on Friday, probably just after the draw's been made. We've got the Rangers game. It's all happening. It's all happening. And I think we're going yeah. to be here for all of it, which is a, a change.
0: Yes, it's good to be good to be around. I've been, I've actually uh, been listening to a few of the podcasts from last season. where uh-huh. I've been going to and from work I, I don't know why I do it. I just quite enjoy listening back. Same, to when things are be slightly better. Bad
1: predictions and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: but um, it's quite funny because the the podcasts last season basically go from like the. I think the 4-0 win against Rangers to the 5-0 win against Rangers <laughs> to winning the... or Sorry, from lifting the trophy, uh, winning the Scottish Cup, World Cup, and then we're just in this season. So I think we did about five podcasts in the well, whole of Well, we covered uh, the, the, all the, first the big half. points, I think. We did, and now we're doing uh, every single point, and um, so it's good. Obviously, uh, our numbers have been doing very well. Thanks for for sticking with us for we're not been back for a while, but thanks for remembering to come back. And I hope you're enjoying uh, the podcast being back. As John says, we're we're back on a pretty regular basis. Paul Fisher should be with us on Friday, uh, and we'll maybe get a wee special guest in for Sunday as well uh, for hopefully talking about a Rangers victory. Of course, you can get us in all the usual places. We're on Facebook. I think it's a grand old podcast. Uh, is that right, John? I think it's the Grand Old Podcast.
1: Yeah, the Grand Old. that Fritzy Grandold on on Twitter and Facebook, and it's uh, the Grand Old Podcast
0: everywhere else. Thank you, yeah. and not the Grand Old Team Podcast, as Talksport no, said the other no, night. No, absolutely not. Uh, I was going to correct him there, but I thought you it was probably better not. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, tell a friend if you're you're interested in the podcast, and and hopefully. Um, we can get even more discussion going but thanks very much for contributing and listening and downloading and all that stuff we'll be back as John says on Friday Paul Fisher should be back with us then um, and from all of us here thank you enjoy the game of Thursday night if you're going and all the best to Celtic let's get into Europa League group stage hail hail